0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Football, the podcast that talks everything football and just football, which is why we've got the name. It's a good name in the end, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, it works and it describes <laughs> it well. <laughs> um, so your host today, we are back down to two people again, but I'm back this time. So I'm Dan Pete. We've got Dan S with us. Hi, Dan.
1: Hi, Hello. Good evening.
0: We are missing Dave and I believe it's because he's not feeling well. I think that's the I, I, think I think
1: it's too. a mixture of that, and I think he's just moved house as well, so his life's been thrown up in the air um, a little bit. So, yeah, he's not with us this week because he's busy or ill.
0: Well, I did have from a one of our listeners, was it due to a result at the weekend? But we'll we'll discuss that after. I said, no, that was just coincidental and uh, bad timing. But, yeah, no, Dave, Dave's not feeling too great, so get well soon, Dave. I'm coming off the back of a cold, so I'm hoping my voice will last the end of uh, to the end of this episode but if it doesn't it will just be a short episode all right dan it's been it's actually been quite a busy week hasn't it in the last week we've had three games three premier league games haven't we three rounds
1: we've had two rounds of premier league games yeah. so well there's three
0: no i think there was one last week and then we had a midweek one where every team played i think didn't we because they're all on amazon and then we've had another one and it's been quite a bizarre Circumstance, well, bizarre set of results over that week as well, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's been quite. Um, I feel like Amazon do pick up quite a few freak results. I'm, I'm sure that's happened before, but but yes, um, it's been a few odd results, and it's at top and bottom of the table really. So it's it's been quite an exciting. I say exciting. I got very angry at one point, but it's been quite an exciting <laughs> yeah. round of
0: results. Yeah, and you went to one, so we'll, we'll probably pick up on that, or or maybe you don't want to relive that. I think what I mean is at the moment, and I'm going to come on to it at the end when we we talk about, or at some point, I'm sure we'll review our predictions for the year. But right now, it just feels like nobody, that there isn't anyone that's standing out. We're all taking points, or the the teams in the top six or seven are all taking points of each other, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and I think Arsenal and Liverpool are rightfully at the top, but I think you know they have had the odd loss. But I feel like both those teams have had been more dominant than the others, whereas Man City have obviously had a few slip-ups and Tottenham have had a few slip-ups and Man United are slipping up every week. Um, so it, it's been, yeah, I think Liverpool and Arsenal have probably been the most consistent and everyone else is... Um...
0: Yeah, we'll come on to them. Arsenal though, have had, I mean, the result... Well, shall we start with Arsenal then? So the Arsenal uh, results this week, so they, they won... At home to Wolves on last Saturday or a week ago, they beat Luton 4-3 and then lost to Aston Villa 1-0. Now, that Luton game, I mean, as a neutral, um, which I watched it as, of course, I felt sorry for Luton because I've, I've got them down as one in a stay. And you could just see how gutted they were at the end to, to concede that late losing goal, weren't they?
1: And. Luton, I th- I'm quite like, close to Luton, and I always feel really—I feel sorry for them this year because I feel like they are battling and they're just not quite getting the rub of the green. But if you think at Kenilworth Road, they've had Tottenham, Liverpool, Man City, and Arsenal in three of those yeah. games, they've been—they've been winning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know Liverpool was like a last-minute equalizer. They could have beaten Tottenham. They were a better team in the second half. Obviously, they're leading against Arsenal and they were leading against Man City, whereas I felt Man City were always the better team. But they you know, they, they did get their noses in front and, and kind of stayed there for quite a while.
0: Luton, when I was looking at them yesterday, I think they were, they're a team that feels like they've needed that confidence to grow into the Premier League, which they've yeah. got now. Of course, they haven't got the squads of the, some of the teams in the Premier League. So I, I honestly think if they can survive... I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say they'll go, they'll be in Europe next year. But I think if they can survive, they'll be a really good team because they are, they are providing some really good games. So Tottenham only just beat them, I think. We, we, yeah. it's not like we walked past them. Like I said, Arsenal, that was a cracking game. I mean, seven goals in it, and yeah, at the at the weekend, was it yesterday? They led, and it was two very quick goals by City, wasn't it? That yeah, that sort of defeated, but that, but they held their own.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, they did, and I tell you, Luton have made a couple of really clever signings as well. Like we've got we've got Andros Townsend, in, um, who may not be matched sharp, but he's got Premiership experience. Same with Ross Barkley, who's been out for a little while and kind of Luton's been a, a great
0: purchase, and he,
1: he's yeah. been great. And yeah. when you begin to th- think yourself, how long is it before people start saying actually Barkley should be in the England squad before Phillips, um, as an example, because you know Barkley's playing every week whereas Phillips is not playing so you yeah. begin to start having that discussion with yourself but yeah a couple of really good signings
0: and talking about City and Phillips there so City have they've had a funny season I want your view on them so the results for them the last three was so a week ago it was a 3-0 draw with Tottenham they lost 1-0 to City and then as we've just mentioned they beat Luton yesterday 2-1 so City are a funny side this year, aren't they? What, what do you think is going on with them? Um,
1: I've, are, are they not doing similar to what they've done in previous seasons where they have a slow start and then they will do something silly like win 17, 18 games in a row and then, then be top come sort of March, April time? I feel like this is, this is just what City does. Um, I think
0: the difference with this year, though, is there feels like there's something around them in terms of something internal in that not not feeling right and I'll come on to that in a second. But also as as you said at the moment, I think Liverpool have hit form. I think Arsenal are showing that sign that or or signs of how they performed at the start of last year or for three quarters of last year. And Villa, who will come on to, they they've had an astounding run. So do we think though this year that they can't afford to have these kind of
1: results? We we say I don't know. If you asked me to put a thousand pounds of my own money on a team within the league at this moment, I would still say City. I, I, okay. I just, I think they can kind of still step up. And interestingly, I saw something today where there was one season. Uh, I don't even the season where Liverpool. What season was it? There was there was one season when Man City went on to win the league, but in at this time of the year they were in eighth position. And They you know, had a disastrous start and then went went on to win it. So I just I feel like they're just going to step into gear at some point and they'll be unstoppable. I don't know how long De Bruyne's out for. They're obviously missing him at the moment because people just seem to have forgotten that he's still got to come back. Um, is he? I, I'm assuming he's due back this season or, or is it, was it longer than that?
0: Uh, I'll have a quick look, but I've not heard him being discussed as not coming back.
1: And then obviously Haaland didn't play um, yesterday, but I'm assuming that's just a short-term injury. Um, but I, I just think they're going to step into gear like they always do.
0: Uh, just on De Bruyne, apparently he should be back in a matter of weeks.
1: Yeah, so he's he's going to come back and obviously it'll take him a little while to get a match fit. But by January, February, he'll be, you know, business end of the season. He'll be back in fine form.
0: For me, it feels different this year. It feels like there's something weird with City, and I just think the other teams have risen up and are, are, are going to be better. Like I said, Liverpool at the moment. At the moment, I'm going to. I'd say I'll put my money on Liverpool.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: I just think if you think they, I'm not going to say they've come from nowhere, but they, you know, they weren't anywhere near the, the top, and quietly, quietly, they've overtaken even Arsenal now at the weekend, which. Yeah, it felt like a surprise because it felt like Arsenal were going on that really good run, and I just think Klopp has got. I think he he get when he gets B in his body, and I think he's got a point to prove now, and especially with City doing the treble last year. Yeah, I, like I said, I I, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll we'll clip this and play it back at the end of the year, but I, yeah, I, I've got a feeling City might not do it this year. I really don't. Because what what did you think about? Did you see Guardiola's comments on? phillips yesterday or was it a few days ago
1: no i haven't seen him no
0: i think i will it i think i did send the tiktok over but he, he was he was saying some really weird about like that he feels really sorry for phillips almost saying that saying it but without saying it i think that like he made a mistake signing him
1: yeah i saw i saw the headline but didn't read the article but it did feel like a bit of a weird thing to come out and say
0: yeah he's saying basically he feels sorry so sorry for Phillips as he sees him struggle to get in the team. I wonder if part of that is a clever play to to get him on the transfer market in January and to get teams coming in for him. Because I think I've already seen Juventus already in the market to try sign him. I've never seen a manager kind of almost seem like he's going to be in tears talking about how sorry he is for the way things are with us particular player so he says I don't know what's going to happen I feel so sorry for my decision for him I've said that many times he doesn't deserve what has happened to him I'm so sorry the only thing I can say about him is I'm asking for good personalities and characters he is a perfect example and after that I have to give him something and I didn't do that that is because it's just because I've visualized some things and visualize the team and things and I struggle to see him I'm not pleased with myself and I'm so sorry for him I will not say that, to him because it's a business.
1: He's talking like he's ill. Like he's, he's, yeah. he's talking like he's got something. He, he's personally struggling. just if he's not good enough. Yeah, put him. It, put, and, put, and put saying, him on the transfer list. What a weird it thing to felt say.
0: Really weird. It did. It just felt really weird. And and that's what I'm saying. I do wonder if it's just a clever, clever thing about saying here he is. Come take him because he's not gonna. He's not gonna play. Which for him, I hope he does move on.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. No, agreed. Yes. So apparently, Juventus and Bayern Munich are in for him. So, well, well he's a tr-
1: he's a he's a treble winner, right? He's he's got to be hot in the market.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. If we now flick over to Man United, now Man United is a funny one because before the the, the set of results, I had on my list that I wanted to discuss that Man Man United got the treble of awards last month, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they got goal of the month, manager of the month, and Harry Maguire got player of the month.
0: And the Harry Maguire one's interesting, isn't it? Because that felt like really good redemption, didn't it? So from a player who has been ridiculed, who everyone was saying should leave the club. And I think even on here, well, I, I know I think I said at the start that he should probably move for his own sake. He stayed and, yeah, he's turned around and won... Player of the Month. And interestingly, we were talking about De Bruyne. I I heard that the weekend, De Bruyne has never won a Player of the Month award. But now Harry (laughs) Maguire has. So, I mean, that's a good little story in itself in that little bubble there, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. And like like you said, he was close to going to West Ham at the start of the season. And I think I felt like it was probably... You know, he's probably burned some, not burned some bridges, that's probably the wrong thing to say, but it felt like his name was tarred a little bit at Manchester United and you know, came in as a captain and hasn't been playing or hasn't been playing well. So I think this is good for him. I still think he needs to leave Man United, though. if, if I'm honest. I, I still think we're just kind of waiting for the next cycle of things to happen to him um, and he'll be in the same
0: place. I mean, it already, I think, started after one of the last couple of results, because of course, as you said, uh, manager of the month was Ten Hag and people were saying United are back, United are back. And then in their last three games in the last week has been a real mix. So they lost 1-0 away to Newcastle. They beat Chelsea 2-1 and then got hammered at home by Bournemouth 3-0. So, I mean, it's unreal, isn't it?
1: Did you know what I felt bad? It's one of my um, best friends um, took his son up to Old Trafford on Saturday and um, s- stayed over and like watched the his, you know his son's first ever Man United game, and then he did a stadium tour the next day, so made a full weekend of it. So the first time ever, I think I was willing Man United to win, and when I saw the score, I was like, oh no, that couldn't have been that enjoyable. But you know, a b- bit of a shock you know obviously a shot i think it's a shock result for united and you think back to the ferguson days they would never ever have lost to a bournemouth at home like not in a million years and it's uh, just just it's just a different side now isn't it
0: and i think it's funny and you know some people point at tottenham you know after winning all those manager of the month awards etc and and what happened to them but it just feels like this is what i go back to what i was saying at the start of the episode that this season to contradict myself maybe what could help City is it does feel like at the moment everyone is taking points off everyone Chelsea as well they've they've not had a great great result so they lost to uh, United now they lost to Everton yesterday so I was just picking up Everton so bear in mind Everton had 10 points deducted if they had those 10 points I think they'd be up in like sixth or seventh place since uh, the deduction they, I don't think they've lost a game so they they beat Forest 1 0 away, which is a great result, a really important result for them. They beat Newcastle 3 0 and then beat Chelsea 2 0. So they've beaten two of the so called big teams there. Yeah.
1: I think Everton are actually going to be all right. I think they'll be fine. Do
0: you think if he keeps them up, should he be in running for manager of the year?
1: Who is it? Sean Dyche. Yeah. Manager of the year. No. I don't, taking a no. team out
0: the relegation zone twice <laughs> and a 10-point yeah. deduction. I mean, yeah, at the moment, if, they, if they'd they be in 10th place if they didn't have the deduction. Now, I know that's moot because they did have the deduction, but if a team that's already in the bottom and and a lot of people are tipping to go down, if he can set, keep them up with a deduction, should he not be in the running?
1: It, well, yeah, be in the running. Uh, to, i a car that. I don't think he should be named it because I think... You know, the way that Aston Villa are going at the moment and Emery, um, I feel like they should be in a good shout. He should be, Emery should be in a good shout to win it. But should, yeah, Sean Dyche should definitely be in the running.
0: Okay, okay. It's interesting because maybe um a lot of teams, maybe we should have a point deduction because like I said, he's he's not lost a game since that's happened. So it's really, you, you do wonder sometimes what goes on in a dressing room or.
1: I think he probably yeah. used it, you, you, you think they'd use it as a bit of incentive, wouldn't you? Like, you know, look what that lot have done to us. Let's let's go out and show the fans that we still care type thing. I bet it, it, it does get you wild up, you know, when you think the, the chips are against you. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes you go, want to go out and do better.
0: I'll go to Tottenham next. So We've had a mixed week as well, haven't we? So three all against City, which was a great game, actually, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was a very good game.
0: We then lost to West Ham.
1: Yes, we did. And you did. were at that
0: game. So do you want to give some thoughts and feelings of how that went?
1: Yeah, it was a disastrous night. Anything <laughs> that not just the not not just the game, but everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong in, in that evening. I had a nightmare getting there. I walked into the ground just as it was kicking off. So I got to my seat just to just kick off. Um then coming home it took four to five hours to get home when it usually takes about an hour and a half. Um, and then we lost in the middle. So it was it was a bit disastrous. But if we're going to talk about the football side of it, um, we had so much possession and it felt like we were just waiting to play them off the park. But we yeah. did absolutely nothing with that possession. Uh, we had no decent chances. Um, we obviously scored, Romero scored the header. But I can't remember their keeper making an, a save the entire game. And maybe he did. But there was nothing kind of spectacular that stood out. It was like, oh, that was close, type, type moment. It was never there. It looked like West Ham got two lucky goals, but it was down the other end, so it was kind of hard to see. Um, But yeah, very. it puts me off wanting to go again uh, for a little while. But yeah, Yeah, it was disappointing from Tottenham.
0: It was frustrating, wasn't it? Because as you said, I think we absolutely owned the first half. But I remember at the time, I remember saying to, to my wife at the time, but I was saying, we need a second goal. Tottenham are on a team that can to win a game 1-0. We yeah. just can't. And it was proven that West Ham got those two goals. And the interesting thing was, you know, I think for our or their goals, it was a couple of sloppy defensive bits. But did you see the second goal was came from, it was a pass back and Vicario didn't want to pick it up, thought he couldn't, so kind of punched it out. And it went to another player. Now, what I've subsequently seen is people are saying he should have picked it up because a goalie, and I'll be honest, I don't recall remembering it or knowing it, but a goalie can't be sent off uh, picking up the ball from a pass back. It will be an indirect free kick. And I don't think he can even be booked. So a lot of people are saying in hindsight, he should have picked it up.
1: Yeah, but he, he, he doesn't know. You know, he's trying to stick to the <laughs> no. rules and he's punching yeah. the ball out. He doesn't know that they're about to score moments afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, if he could, you know, if you could see like a moment into the future, then yeah, I guess he, yeah. he should have picked it up. But um, yeah, I think it's a bit, <laughs> a bit of harsh to criticize him for. But but it is what it is. But you know, the other thing about that game, which I really liked, is Son's reaction afterwards and, yeah. and the interviews yeah. afterwards. I thought that was brilliant. That was kind of a, like. We're just not good enough. This is unacceptable that we've gone five or six games, or I think it was five games, wasn't it, where we've gone one nil up and not won. You know, that is unacceptable. And I, I like Premier the way League
0: he, record, I'll take that.
1: Premier League, yeah. I, I, I liked that attitude um, and I thought that was good. And I think maybe that was, you know, kind of led fire into the next game. Um, but yeah, I, I like that reaction. Try to gloss over it, like you know, we go again, or you know, they were a tough team and we should have played. But to, to just come out and say, just it's unacceptable. I kind of, I kind of like that.
0: What I would say about Spurs, though, and and, and every team has got injuries. I'm not saying that, and so I'm hoping people listen carefully to what I say. Where we are at, call me crazy. I'm still really happy because the way we are playing, even in those defeats, is not anything like we've played before. And you know, you got to remember, we've got a new manager. Totally new way of playing, which I think the players look comfortable doing. We've also got a new squad of or, or a new spine of players. So a new goalie, two new defenders, that, that creative midfielder. But we are also missing that creative midfielder. And the centre-back pairing haven't been there. So I know Romero come back yesterday, so we'll talk about him. But Van de Ven's still out. So we've had those big things to contend with, whilst also having... Whatever you think about Richarlison with Charleston out, which has meant Son has to be up front, and we both said to us, each other in WhatsApp, he looked a lot better player being back on the left yesterday, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, without doubt. But yeah, I'm, I'm still happy. At the beginning of the season, I thought we were going to struggle to finish in the top half because I didn't think anyone could turn it around. Whereas now, my expectations are, or my hopes are, we finish in the Champions League. So it's very different Feeling to how as a beginning season, like you said, I'm apart from the Wolves game, I'm actually enjoying watching Tottenham again. Whereas under Conte and Mourinho, I I definitely didn't enjoy us at all.
0: And for all the sticks Spurs have been getting, we're still fifth, right? Yeah, and seven points from the top. So
1: and what we still are we are we tied on points with City? No, no, that's what. No, three points behind them. Three
0: points behind them. But on yesterday's game, so. Just quickly on that, there were, there were a couple of things. So we got a penalty, and I think as well as it being the only penalty we've got this year, it was said that that's the first penalty taken by a player that isn't Harry Kane since early 2021. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's been a while,
0: hasn't it? So did you see? They asked him. They said, "Did you feel funny about taking it?" And, and I think Son joked about calling Get Harry, Harry back. back yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And what else? Oh, and. And what's your view on Romero? Because he made another rash challenge. Now, I've seen ex-referees and other referees saying that. They don't actually think it was a red card. They think the, the yellow was right. Do you have confidence in him being a centre? No, I think, I'm, <laughs> I, think
1: he's, it, I think it was a red card, um, if I'm honest. I think his studs were high and that's an ankle breaker. And like I said to you in text, I feel like that was more of a red card than the red card he actually got four ge- four games ago against Chelsea, and you know the Chelsea one he followed through. Well, I would, could argue that he won the ball first, and he's not in control of his follow through, or follow you know a foot gets in the way of his follow through, or whatever. Even though I was happy with that being a red card, but yesterday's one just it was just stupid. Like yeah. not only did I think the tackle was a red card, I've got no no idea why he's doing it. We're we're three nil up. The guy wasn't going anywhere. What ten, fifteen minutes to play, and
0: yeah,
1: yeah. it was just absolutely no need, no need to do it. And um, he's just got it in him, and I just don't know whether he's, you know, like you said about signing a new centre back. We're talking about signing a centre back for suspension cover. That's what we're, that's what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about, and yeah, that, that shouldn't yeah. even, that shouldn't even be a thing. And he would yeah. have got he would have got banned for four games yesterday, and taken him all the way out until Christmas, I reckon. Yeah. But it's it's just too much for risk.
0: That challenge was the one that said to me, "I don't think Andrew can rely on him because he's yeah. just come back from a three-game suspension from a particularly stupid challenge." So you'd like to think his head has got to be in, showing that he can cope, uh, can manage that rashness, and so it was that that challenge to me said he can't. So yeah,
1: yeah, you completely agree. Um, I think they could have had a, Newcastle could have had a sent, player sent off as well. And I don't think anyone's really talking about that because of Amero-Wan's trumping it. But there was a, a situation, I don't even remember, but I can't remember the two players involved. But Newcastle attacker leapt up with a Tottenham defender and he just kind of like shoved him down with his arm with like really, really aggressive force. Yeah. I felt like that yeah. could have been a red card. I thought that was a bit naughty um, yeah. and should have been pulled up, at least put under a review of some sort.
0: Well, we're not going to have a go at VAR this week. Um, Not yet, anyway. Actually, the only other thing before we move on to Arsenal and Aston Villa was um, there was a little bit of um, a confrontation at the end between Callum Wilson and Vicario, wasn't there? Yes. Uh, Did you see what Wilson came out with?
1: He kind of, yeah, he kind of came out and there was a spat because there's a way to win. um, And Vicario showed me disrespect. Yeah. Um, which considering that he came out on a podcast and laughed at Charleston for not scoring and was really disrespectful on his podcast felt a bit rich in my opinion.
0: And a lot of people have pointed it, pointed this out to him that this is, yeah, this is a guy who's got a podcast that laughs at other professional footballers. So uh, yeah, no sympathy with him. Um, And yeah, fair fair play to Vicario. (laughs) Um, So the last sort of couple of roundups then is um, sort of Aston Villa and Arsenal. And I lumped them in together because they played. So I think I said Arsenal, their results were beat Wolves 2-1, beat Luton 4-3, and then lost to Villa 1-0. Now, Villa's results have been 2 all with Bournemouth. And then, you know, they've had a fantastic week. They beat City 1-0. And I don't know if you saw that, but they they dominate. They they controlled that whole game. There was no way City was even going to come anywhere near to being in that yeah. game and then beat Arsenal 1 0. So I can't remember what you and Dave said last week, but are you still, have you changed your mind now then on Villa and where they can finish? Um,
1: I think Dave was fairly adamant he wasn't going to change the mind. Um, I am surprised I didn't think Villa were going to finish in the top four or in Europe, sorry, not just top four in Europe. I can't remember my reason for that being um but I have I've have changed by now I think that they're doing really well
0: hey, and that's a statement week isn't it to beat City and Arsenal in the same but, well but in like you, in consecutive but like you, games
1: Like you said it's a manner the way they, they did it and I actually put the um the Man City uh stats uh the game for stats from a Man City game on on Twitter but they had 22 shots to their 7 And, um, and that's shots on target was seven to their two. They dominated that game, um, and probably could have got more. But yeah, two two great results. Because when you look at City and Arsenal, you you kind of think, oh, I'd like to get you know one or two, one two or three points out of that. You don't think to come away with six, do you?
0: Yeah, and and I do think to be fair, I do think Arsenal gave them the better game. You know. They played a lot better against them than City did. But, you know, it is a result. Now, while we're on Villa, we might not have Dave, but we are going to have a third voice join us for a bit. I've got another voicemail from Lord Joey Fitz, um, the number one Aston Villa fan. And I hope I can call him number one Just Football fan. He's given us, it's a a few minutes long. It's his thoughts on the game. But also there is a question at the end of it, which I'm going to want your answer on, Dan. So let's hear from Joey now.
2: Hello again, just football. It is Joey, your uh Villa correspondent here. Uh, I was sending Dan some messages. Um after the game today, Villa versus Arsenal. Um and he suggested I send another voicemail. So um here I am doing just that. Just want to say, not just the result against Arsenal. The the both results, City and Arsenal this week have been absolutely absolutely incredible and uh <laughs> takes Unai Emery's win uh, run at home to 15 games which is more than has ever happened at Villa um in its entire history the last team that beat us in the league at Villa Park were Arsenal uh with a with a own goal from Emi Martinez and I feel like he had that in his, in his mind today because phew, the man is unstoppable and I think that, uh, there's, there's been some debate around him winning the Yashin trophy at the Ballon d'Or. Um, but I think when you look at the importance of keepers to squads, Emi Martinez is in uh, in my opinion, anyway, in terms of where we are in the table, in terms of how we play as a team, in terms of the confidence that he brings, allowing his defenders to make some of the absolutely obscene passes that they make, there isn't a, a there is not a goalkeeper that is more important to their team in the world. Um, uh, Saw so on the game today, 1-0 Villa against Arsenal. If you asked me at the start of this week what I'd be happy with, I'd have said two points out of these two games. To come away with six is, is ridiculous. Um, brings us up to third. Well, we were third in the table before, but it brings us within two points of the top of the table. Um, and I feel like, I've said it before, I said it in my last message, that... Villa are the best Villa have ever been right now. Um, Long may it last in my eyes, maybe not for others. Uh, But it does make this title race exciting, doesn't it? I don't know if uh, we'll keep it up. I think our away form is probably going to let us down, and we're probably an injury away from making life very difficult for ourselves if we lose Ollie Watkins. We've got John Duran, who I really like, but he's not the same. He can't carry the team forward like Watkins does. He doesn't have the physical presence to bring Bailey or uh, Diaby or Ramsey or McGinn into the play in in the final third. He'll get there. I think he's really good, but he's not quite Watkins yet. I think Kamara um, came off pretty early today, and we brought Dendonka Leander Dendonker, who I affectionately call the Belgian Glenn Whelan, um, have not got a lot of time for the man. Uh, Fills me with dread every time he's near the ball. And the only player today to receive a match rating on who scored of less than 6.0. But, you know, who knows what the January transfer window brings? I feel like... Our owners are, are fantastic owners, and if they're going to back us ever, now is the time they're going to do it. But um, in terms of our Arsenal, in terms of Arsenal, I think that they they played okay. I wouldn't say they played well. I wouldn't say they played poorly. I wouldn't say the City played poorly or well either. But I feel like at Villa Park, Villa just know how to how to run the game. And I think that um, there was a sense of entitlement around Arsenal today. There was an entitlement that they would receive the 50-50 calls. And I have said I don't think the referee was the best referee. I think that the foul on, I put foul in inverted commas, um, Jesus was, you know, six and two threes. I've, you've seen it given. We saw it given today in Palace versus Liverpool. Um, but we didn't see it given here today. The one that really bothered me was the handball where Arsenal scored and and Kai Havertz basically caught the ball. It, It touched his arm, then his hand, and then his other hand, and he had the audacity to protest and say that it was a legitimate goal, which I think is absolutely crazy. I know that every player will argue that, but... The way that the Arsenal players surrounded the referee today was, uh, well, the the referee didn't have a great control of the game. I'll I'll put it that way. Um, But my question for you, I left you with a question last time. My question for you, as I know uh, a certain member of the podcast isn't there this week, who would you like to have in the Spurs team from Villa? If you could take one... And I think if we 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 think about this, you probably need to um, discount your injury crisis because otherwise, you'd take an attacking midfielder who could fill that uh, fill that James Madison role, or, or a defender who can fill that Van der Ven role. Um, let's let's assume there's a clean bill of health. Is there a player that you would take from Villa, and who would that player be? Um, as always, thank you for the podcast. Love it very much, uh, and yeah, enjoy the rest of your weeks. And thanks again for just football, Joey. A very
0: happy Villa fan, there.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's feeling a bit dizzy from uh, Aston Villa
0: Heights. <laughs> I think he sounded a bit worse for where well. I think he'd been shouting quite a bit at the match. Yeah, so just a couple of things before we get to the um, the question bit. What do you think about Martinez? Because I know Martinez did get a lot of stick on this pod, not necessarily from us at the start, right at the start of the pod.
1: I I completely agree uh, with what Joey is saying about how important he is for Aston Villa, because I think he is important. And I think Aston Villa kind of play with a bit of confidence that they have a good keeper behind them. Um, Mm. And I, I think that goes a long way, as he touched upon. What I have a problem with against Martinez is the way he celebrated the World Cup win um, in the final, yeah. and and when he won that trophy and the gestures he made yeah. um, at the end of the game, and I've I've said this before, I don't know if this is because I've got kids and I think of my kids watching, you know, you know, watching a World Cup final and and seeing like their heroes play, I just think that was uncalled for. It's it's un unneeded crudeness, and I, I just it grinds my gears a little bit. So, yes, I agree with what he's saying, but I personally don't like him because of that reason.
0: Okay, so I'm guessing you're not going to pick him. For So who who would you uh, have in-
1: uh And the other thing on that question, so I think I'd probably go with Watkins, but do, do you know what is, I'm not sure I could name many Aston Villa players and what I watch, watch a game, I don't pick out like, you know, the extraordinary people. I think what they're doing very well at the moment is playing as a team. And you could have eleven names on there, and I, I think eleven different names it'd still be the same. I just think they they the way they're playing is not a bunch of ind a bunch of good individuals playing together. They a bunch of footballers playing like a team. Uh, but obviously with Volley Watkins scoring and the fact that we're struggling up front, um, I think I'd go with Watkins.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I said to him. I said hands down it'd be Watkins just because we do need that clinical striker. But funnily enough, though, is if we hadn't signed Vicario, I probably would contemplated Martinez.
1: Yeah, I think Vicario has been brilliant for Tottenham this yeah. year, and yeah. I look at look at some of his performance. And go, what a find that guy was to yeah. kind of step yeah. in after such a huge tenure from Hugo Luis and to a point where we however many games we're in, and no one's talking about Luis not being there, yeah. and yeah. I, I think that's incredible.
0: And especially as I remember his first game, and it, you know we got to be fair, it was his first game in England as well. He was a bit flappy, and so even I was thinking, oh no, what have we done?" But yeah, he's 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 come leaps and bounds. So yeah, there you go, Joey. We both said Watkins. So we'll look forward to that transfer happening in January. Uh, thank you for your voicemail. If if you want to get in touch with us, like Joey has, yeah, do do drop us a line or a, or a voice note. Um, we'll we'll give the socials out later, but. Before we come on to a couple of other stories, so we've kind of covered that then, uh, like the Premier League. There was a couple of results from around Europe I wanted to point you to. So uh, just because of our older, we're talking about the lack of a striker. Bayern Munich had had quite a drubbing at the weekend. They lost 5-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt. So they are still... um, They're still a game in hand and could potentially go top on on goal difference. But what, what... What do you think about that? I mean, there's a long way of the season still to go, but what do you think about um, if Harry didn't win the league? It feels like it's just a waste of everyone's time then, doesn't it?
1: I think um, if Harry Kane didn't win a trophy this year, I feel like the media would be talking about it constantly. And I I, I always feel like, the whole thing about Tottenham don't win a trophy will change to the narrative will be Harry Kane can't win trophies. Yeah. And I think it will almost take that off Tottenham's back a little bit. Um, but they are going to win. Like we had this text argument yesterday. They are going to win the league. I'm sure of it.
0: I don't know, at the moment, the German league is now looking like it could be sort of one of three at the moment. So Leverkusen, Munich and, and Stuttgart. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, i you know, I'd like him to do well. I'd, I, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't want him to win it, but I'm saying if he doesn't, I just feel like. And I have said to you a number of times, I think we would have won something. I think we would have won a cup if he'd have stayed under this manager and the style of play. Um, but I, yeah, I agree. Keep... I
1: think it it it'd fit into this Tottenham team, but I also think that. I think Levy was spending the Kane money before he had it on signing players like Madison and a few of the other players. Yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. they were signed on the basis that Kane was gonna leave.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So he'll come back next year then. Like like Son said, maybe that was um maybe that was a prediction. The other result I wanted to pick up was in La Liga yesterday. So Barcelona lost at home. to Girona. Now, Girona atop top of their league. Um, Barcelona in fourth, seven points off top place. Now, firstly, it's, it's nice to see another team there, isn't it? I mean, I haven't kept my eye too much on the Spanish league, but the interesting thing about Girona is they are owned by the same, the City group that owns City. Now, there's questions about then if they were to be in the Champions League, I think because there's rules that only one team can be in from group owners. Now you think in that situation it would only be City right now. I think the ownership is 47% of your owner. So I think that means they could still go in, um, but we'll cross that bridge when, when we get to it. But it guess what I'm trying to say is e- even then in England, you know, we're seeing a, a topsy-turvy season at the moment with results. I mean, yeah, in in Spain, you've got Girona, Real Madrid, Atletico, Madrid and Barcelona. So for all the, you know, we were, how great a start kind of Bellingham got off to and the Galacticos that we think Madrid and, and the stars Barcelona have, you've got good old Girona at the top of the league.
1: Yeah, I didn't even realise that. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool, isn't it? It's, it's nice to see. It's also quite good to see, isn't it, for the neutral, a different club at the top.
0: Yeah, and and again, I hope, Well, I don't think Joe would mind, but I think seeing a team like Villa at the top is because it's out the norm of the United Cities, Arsenal's, Chelsea's, you know, it's it's something different. And
1: also for for clubs like Villa as well, they're they're doing it properly. They're not spending like an absolute fortune on on Mm. players like some of the other clubs have and are not being as successful. So it almost feels a bit more rewarding when a club is doing it the proper way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, We'll see what... What it ends up in all those leagues in a few months' time. Kind of before we go, because I don't have, I'm going to hold my hands up, don't have a, a quiz, so you'll be let off there. So I win this week. I found a couple of stories from from around the, the web. Now, Euro 2024, I know it's a few months away, but Adidas have got a new, putting new technology into the ball. And I want to see, have you heard of this? No. I want to see what you think about this. Because, you know, we've moaned about VAR and technology in the game. We're now going to get more. So Adidas are creating this ball. They're calling the, and, and apologies for my pronunciation, but the lieber, I think, which is the German word for love of soccer. And it uses something called connected ball technology to send data in real time to match officials. A chip fixed on a gyroscope inside the ball sends data 500 times per second to record the point at which it's kicked. The kick point helps match officials make offside decisions using multiple camera angles to create 3D visualizations that illustrate player movement. UEFA says the ball will offer unprecedented insight into every element of the movement of the ball contributing to VAR decision uh, or contributing to the VAR decision making process. So the technology will know when a touch has taken place just not wear on the body. So officials will then use images from cameras as they do now to decide whether a handball has taken place. Um, Yeah, so basically combining player position data with artificial intelligence, the innovation contributes to, or is going to contribute to the semi-automated offside technology. So we are getting more technology. What's your view on that?
1: It feels a little bit like it all sounds fantastic, doesn't it? But I still feel like we're not getting the simple things right today. And <laughs> yeah. so do you know when it feels like it's a whole running before you can walk um scenario? it feels a little yeah. bit like that. And yeah. all all four technology improving the game, but it has to improve it in a different way to what VAR has now. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, jury's out, I think, for me.
0: Yeah. A chip. Sending data five hundred times a second is is great, but when we've seen the Romero foul yesterday, where some people are saying it's a red, some people are saying it's a yellow, yeah. that's not that 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 is there. We don't need technology for that. It's it's.
1: I I would almost take VAR uh, back a step and just take away some of the stuff that it's doing. Take away the fouls right. and the red cards, and just right. let them do offsides and what's the other on goal line technology until they get that right, and then we will start adding some more on as the confidence grows. Yeah. It it's it'll be interesting because
0: was done really well in the World Cup, or it has been used well in the tournaments, hasn't it? So maybe, you know, it's maybe this'll be good. Maybe this will be good. I just am not gonna sound like, you know, like one of those that, that old man it's just a lot of technology coming into the game when like you said, you hit the nail on the head, we've got to get the basics right. Something else I've seen is about T V rights. So they are up for grabs. So the Premier League, and this is where I do think, this is why England does so well. The Premier League has now agreed a new record £6.7 billion rights deal with Sky Sports and TNT Sports. Yeah. Uh, this will be to broadcast 270 live games a season. So this does mean from the 25-26 season, it's going to be exclusively on there. There's going to be no matches on Amazon from that season. I think Amazon have said They've got all the subscribers they probably could get from showing a couple of fixtures a year. It's so and basically what this will mean is for the first time, all matches outside of the Saturday three PM blackout um, will be broadcast live between them. So I've then got details on all of it here, and and just to compare to other leagues, the um, the French league is has been forced to scrap its domestic broadcast rights auction after not getting offers as that met the minimum price um, and they're now looking to renegotiate with broadcasters to hit the target bringing in 1 billion so bear in mind the Premier League is just renegotiated for 6.7 billion France are trying to get to 1 billion um, Italy has done better in their next offer in their contract it's 3.9 billion and Germany currently has 4.64 billion so the The numbers we're talking about is crazy, but it just shows how ahead, how heavily invested the English game is, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Any Any views on on the amount of money that's coming into the into the game and views on on it still on at least going down to just the two providers now?
1: What with with TV rights? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, one thing that I think is taken away from it's been taken away over the past few years, and I guess will get worse in the future, is that, like you said at the weekend is Tottenham haven't played a Saturday three o'clock game. And I feel like we we've got away from tradition where Saturday three o'clock is the time football kicks off, and now it's the time where you know the lower down fixtures take place. So I, I love watching football matches, but I also feel like it's taken something away as well.
0: She that's that's true. Because I, I I did I did check that, didn't I? So I think at the moment, our, Arsenal, Tottenham have played sixteen league games, and only two of those have been at three o'clock. I think the next game, at least, isn't on a Saturday three o'clock. So I, I, obviously, I haven't gone through all the other teams, but it feels feels quite bad because yeah, those fans travelling, especially. Um, the the Amazon games weirdly were like at five past eight, weren't they? I know it's only five minutes difference. Do you,
1: but... do, you do you know why that is?
0: Why, why was that? S-
1: so Amazon stagger the matches because they had one like if you take the Tottenham game for example, kicked off at eight fifteen, I think, and the the first two matches kicked off at half seven. So what it is is when you get to the first half time of the first round of matches, then people Aye. flick over and start watching the second match. So it's to, okay. to get more more coverage um yeah, but... which is interesting it helped me out on the night actually because I was <laughs> late to the game but it it's interesting but yeah i'm not sure football working around tv too much is is the right thing
0: yeah i i just think it's interesting the amount of money that's in the game now um i did see just before i joined the this recording um it looks like germany actually are changing their investments, so Germany might be on a par with with England in terms of the amount of money coming in in future seasons. So that that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um. Okay, there was one more thing I sent it to you today that I completely forgot to say. The Inter Milan kit. Did you did you see the picture? Oh, of-
1: um yeah, I saw the picture of, of the Transformers. Logo yeah.
0: on it because they're they're partnering with Par- was it Paramount they're partnering with uh, yeah it's um it's Paramount the Paramount TV channel isn't it yeah 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 oh, I like
1: t- that
0: yeah yeah it, and, no, it was um, I think
1: it was Paramount
0: yeah and so they have yeah they've released a limited kit for that game where it was the um the Autobots wasn't it the Autobots symbol on oh. the um the middle of the the pitch uh, in the middle of the kit and um. I just think that's amazing isn't it in because uh, I th- I think it looks good actually it it sounds it might sound silly but if you look at pictures it looks quite good and i was thinking yeah what else can they do now they've got the paramount and yeah I think you even said like it would be good for what what was your Yeah because
1: because Tot- Tottenham went for a phase didn't they where they were linked with Spider-Man because Tom Holland came out and said he supported Tottenham and there was a load of press coverage around it and all the Spurs players were doing like Spider-Man goal celebrations um That'd have been pretty cool to have like a, a shirt with like a Spider-Man logo instead of that bright red logo we've got at the moment.
0: Now, I think let's ask for that then. So we want sponsors to go away from all the betting and gambling sites. Let's yes, get definitely TV film studios, and then we can yeah. start seeing. I don't know, like King Kong on on the Tottenham shirts one week, and Darth Vader on another shirt one yeah. week. <laughs>
1: There has to be something quite menacing and quite demanding. Like, they couldn't go on and have, like, Bambi or something like that. Yeah, or... yeah.
0: <laughs> What would have been fun was if they'd given their opponents for the game the Decepticon icon on their shirt.
1: Yes, that would have been quite good, <laughs> wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> okay, well, I think that is I've all got, I've I had.
1: Got, oh. Yeah, I've got a couple more bits, actually. Okay. Um, just because we, we kind of touched upon it in last week's episode. Did you see... How the England the women did on Tuesday night, and did you listen to the pod about the background of that match?
0: No, I did hear, but no. Go on. Do you want to?
1: So yeah, so England um, were facing Scotland on Tuesday night in the Nations League in, in in their group. They had to top the league to go through to the final, but there was also something around um, qualifying for the Olympics. And there was this discussion about, actually, in the Olympics, we go in as Team GB and we're talking about England qualifying as as one of the host nations. So, ironically, if England had qualified and got a good enough result against Scotland, Scotland would also have qualified for the Olympics by nature of them being Team GB. Um, But anyway, that being said, England won their match with Scotland 6-0, so absolutely dominated They thought they had qualified, but the Netherlands scored two injury time goals against Belgium to kind of take, to knock them out. Which is harsh, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's a hard one to take, isn't it? Um, So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, And the other one, I've got two more points. No, actually, I've got one more point and then a question to ask you. Huh. Um, no quiz. We what, said no quiz. No quiz. No, no. Your opinion. Not. Not. There's no <laughs> okay, right or okay. wrong answer. Um, Chelsea. I've seen some stats today, but if you look at the calendar year for 2023, and you exclude the teams that have been relegated or been promoted, so you, you kind of get the what the 17, 17 ever presence this year. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea have the lowest points tally of one wow. those 17 teams on wow. 39 points. There's two other sides with joint with Chelsea, but Chelsea have played one more game. So based on points per game, Chelsea would be bottom of that table.
0: Wow. Okay. That's that's quite a, that's a stat, quite a isn't, stat it? isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But don't worry. Pochettino's come out and said he needs more players. So mm-hmm. it will all it will huh. be okay if he just puts his hand in his pocket just a little bit more. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I, I joke with that last comment, but I, I, what I do hope is that Pochettino just get time to turn this around. We don't go into this, like, we're going to sack manager. They're not going to do so well. We're going to sack the next manager. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, for Chelsea, I want, I feel like they should stick by him and just say, right, well, we're going to trust you and uh, we're going to give you a few years of this.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um,
1: but, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But that is Chelsea. And my last question to you, Dan, and your, your opinion mm-hmm is sports personality of the year is coming up. I don't think they've released the um, candidates or the nominees yet. But is there anyone in the football era, in the football space, not football era, in the football space that you think should be on that list?
0: That's that's a, that's a horrible question to throw right at the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: um... Join there's the no play. standout.
1: It, there's no standouts. It's, well, I, there's a couple of names that come to my mind. Go on, I thought of Jude Bellingham might might come up as a nominee yeah, okay, after, his, yeah. after his start in Spain. And yeah, I and also, England, yeah. and I also thought Mary Earps, you know, Lionesses keeper as well, might be in there as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, both really good shouts. I, 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 actually, I think I really like the Jude Bellingham mainly because of what he's done in Spain and also for England, how, how you know, how he's kind of been dominant there. But yeah, you, outside of those two, well or you couldn't argue with either of those two if they were announced, right?
1: Yeah. I think Mary Epps would be a good one as well, just because of what she did for, you know, not just her yeah. footballing thing, but yeah. also the whole Getting that goalkeeper shirt on sale and Shout, standing yeah. up for equality, gender equality. Um, so yes, I think she's a bit of a role model, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you know maybe if Jude Bellingham doesn't win it this year, he can win it next year when we win the Euros.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is is all right. Here was a random question that I'd been toying with over the weekend. I've completely forgotten though, so I'll throw one back at you. Ken Hogg, right had gone on a good run manager of the month. If he loses the next couple of games, so he could be faced with dropping out of Europe. There is so much going on about the dressing room attitudes. Could you, can you have somebody that wins the, the manager of the month one week and is sacked a few weeks later?
1: Well, didn't Santos do the same at Tottenham? Maybe maybe it's a bit longer, but he got manager of a month, didn't he? And then he got sacked about a month later. But um, I think that Ten Hag winning the manager of the month felt a bit false because even though Man United were picking up the points, I don't feel like they were playing particularly well. I feel like yeah. they scraped through a few games. So I feel like it was a bit of a, a false reward. I don't know who, or maybe Emery could have got it. Um, but I don't know who else could have got it. So I don't feel like they were playing great football. Interestingly... McTominay has come out, and I think he said this in the press release, didn't he, that all the players are behind Ten Hag. Um, and he said the the culture was toxic, but we're behind him. And I thought that was an interesting statement to kind of yeah. come out and say. But I don't know if that's the statement he came out and said with Ten Hag sitting next to him at a post-match yeah. conference. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know whether, where the quote's come from, but... But you know, it's it's one of those things. If he came out of that with his own accord, that's one thing. But if he said it in response to a question, yeah, it's a it's a little bit different, isn't
0: it? It's like I say, you know, who could have won it? Well, yeah, Emery, Arteta, and even Dyche. We just said that Dyche has has won every game since being deducted ten points. But you know, we can't do anything about that. But it was just an interesting thing to kind of watch his space because there's been a lot in the press again about dressing room uh, discontent. I'd not heard that McTominay quote. Um, but yeah, I guess watch your space. So, I think that's me done for everything. Did you have anything else you wanted to say?
1: No, nothing else for me.
0: So, we'll we'll catch you next week when hopefully we've got three fit uh, presenters back again. Um, if you do want to drop us a note or a voicemail or anything, you can get us if you search on um, on all the social media platforms. Look for just football. Um, or you can drop us a note at justfootballpod at gmail.com. And until next time, take it easy and yeah, see you in a week. Thanks for listening to Just Football. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share with your friends and family. We're available on all podcasting platforms and you can follow us on X at Just Football Pod. In the meantime, keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.